The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator Jamie Upps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by an Impact V technician who lists their favourite movie as A Nightmare on Elm Street and favourite TV show as Golden Girls. Welcome back to the show, Karina Maybe. Hello again. What's up? How's it going? How is life treating you? It's wonderfully spooky. Spooky season is not three months long. I'm. It's all year long. You're absolutely right. It is not three months long. I'm glad you pointed that out. I am training you well. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going good. I got a skeleton ducky now at my desk to go along with my bat and my cat. So I've got a trio that is growing slowly. And we're down to just one house left for Horror Nights. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Which one's left? Uh, Dueling Dragons is left. So we've saved that one for last because that one's uh, special. For nostalgia purposes, at least for me, Chloe won't understand the nostalgia, but I'm all about it. Yeah, it looked cool on the video I watched. Yeah, definitely. Hoping hoping for normal or ridiculous out-of-body experiences. <laughs> I'll be good. I haven't gotten injured yet this year, so that is a positive. No injuries, no tears. Did leave your child. I left my my child, and then I left my soul left my body. So I mean, I think I'm even now at this point though this year. Fair enough. <laughs> so this week, before we dive into the topic, Pario Magazine stands in solidarity and support of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA in their fight for better working conditions. Our publication has always been focused on the creative brilliance of these individuals rather than on the business of film and TV. As such, we will continue to highlight their creative talents during this time so that their contributions to our entertainment are not overlooked. Uh, This week, we're sliding into the ring to take a look inside the world of Lucha Libre with the wrestling biopic Cassandro. Uh, This movie follows the wrestler Cassandro, who was a wrestler who made his name in Mexico and reshaped what it meant to be an Exotico uh, 2023 film, which will be streaming on Prime Video as of September 22nd. Like I said, based on the true story of Sol Amendari. Probably butchered the crap out of that name. Probably, but that's okay. (laughs) He is a gay uh, wrestler from El Paso who rose to international stardom when he created the character Cassandro, a.k.a. the Liberace of Lucha Libre, uh, directed by Roger Ross Williams with his narrative directorial debut. He'd done a few like documentary-style films before this and co-written by David Teague. What did you think of Cassandro before we dig into it? Um, I liked it a lot. It's a very different movie for me to watch. Um, I usually do not... Um gravitate towards these kind of films just because you know me I like things in my face and constantly moving and you know whatever (laughs) 
it's very hard for me to watch biopics. It's got to be something really good for me to actually like sit down and actually be in, entertained by it. And this was pretty good. It held my attention for quite a while. I really I feel like I don't know much about the luchador that it was um, based on. I don't really know a whole lot of his history, but I feel like they probably did a very good portrayal of him and his life growing up in the hardships. And I, I do appreciate that they didn't like kind of blanket over those hardships. They really did dive into those kind of things. Yeah, I thought this was this was a much more like emotional movie than I expected going into it. I kind of expected it to be a bit more flamboyant and flashy, I guess, in like more that lucha style. But no, it's very much like grounded in those early years and how he came to find himself as both a person and then as a luchador transitioning into becoming an exotico. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the whole sort of exotico explanation and how they kind of explained that to the audience um i thought it was a really good um explanation i'll put it that way um a lot of people probably going into it like me might not have like realized that there was like an official name for that style of luchador essentially Mm -hmm. and you know uh, i guess i'm kind of ignorant to that like i just kind of grouped them all into one but he um is not like that because obviously he does not wear a mask he is very like open and like his outfits and makeup are his essential mask i feel so it was it was a good kind of like a different way of looking at at that style of wrestling and that kind of character development yeah lucha libre is very like different in that way like it it, this is kind of what sets lucha libre apart from like american wrestling or japanese wrestling and stuff like that they have the exoticos which are male wrestlers performing essentially in like drag and then you have rudos who are bad guys and then technicos who are the the good guys and stuff like that okay america has like the faces and heels like the, the good guy bad guy stuff but you don't see a lot of the sort of exotico stuff. Like there's a, there's a few now, like it's becoming a little bit more mainstream and accepted. Like we had uh sunny kiss mm-hmm. in AEW and Nyla Rose. Yes. So like we do see a little bit of it, but nowhere near as much as like Mexico has had them for quite a long time. And mm-hmm. I liked how they sort of explained it. And I liked how they sort of showed how Cassandro really did sort of change the whole industry in terms of how accepted they were in the industry. Like he didn't want to be an exotico to begin with because they don't get to win right? ever. And then that all changed. On top of that, there's always like that whole like stigma that they have that, like you know, we saw them like in the beginning of the film, like just throwing out derogatory statements towards exoticos and stuff like that. Like, and it, and to be fair with, with this film, like if you're easily offended, just stop now because they don't, they don't stop it like they really are it's very raw and in in your face that that is how they were and unfortunately times are coming back to that I feel sometimes with certain things so um you know it's just it's very interesting to see that he was able to kind of overcome those obstacles and like that negativity and kind of just like blank them all out and and change the the industry significantly yeah like if uh gay slurs uh rough for you there's a there's a lot like it doesn't hold any punches here like it it drops the hard f slur yeah often and prominently 
Yeah. And it's just, and you know, it's, it's sad to see that like, just because someone decides that they want to explore different styles of either outfits or wrestling styles or whatever, that they are completely bashed for it. The whole theming of like exploring the homophobia and stuff. I thought the movie did a fantastic job of that. Like even, even within his sort of self and his partner mm-hmm. and his mum. Like there was still like tinges of it throughout the whole story. Like his mum was like totally accepting of him in like private and everything like that and supported him. But then like early on, she just didn't want it to be like public knowledge, I guess. Yeah. Like she even warned him, like, look what happened to so-and-so's boys and stuff like that. And, you know, just keep it down. Yeah. So like him exploring this whole exotico character was kind of a little bit jarring for her to begin with and then yeah he had that relationship with El Comandante who was like obviously hiding his sexuality and ashamed of the whole relationship as well so I did like that they kept that thread throughout they didn't just be like oh here's a little bit at the start and then once he switches to the Exotico oh, it's fine now. Yeah and I feel like it, it gave that much more um like umph to the movie I guess if you want to say it like it just it really like got you in the feels um, and you really did connect with the character on an emotional level because, you know, you saw him going through all these hardships and trying to be accepted and then even questioning himself because he's not being accepted by his partner. Like he's just kind of realizing like, what's, you know, why can't we do this? Like, why are you, why are you so ashamed and everything like that? So yeah, I definitely feel like they did a really great job with that. And uh, Gail Garcia Bernal who plays uh, Cassandro, I thought he was fantastic in this role. Like it's, it's clearly his movie. Like he, he's the main star. And even though there are some like recognizable faces and names as support actors, like they kind of just drift into the background and fade away. I mean, they're significant and they play a good role to like hype him up. But yes, this movie was very much one character focused and I really liked that because I feel like you know his story didn't get lost whereas sometimes you watch other movies and it's like they're so busy and focused on other side characters that you lose track of the main focus of the story yeah like they're trying to build up all of the characters in the movie when it's like the, the movie's called Cassandra yeah that's we all don't we need. really care about anyone else Mm-mm. and yeah he's had he's had a number of roles recently like he was a voice in Coco He's in the M. Night Shyamalan movie Old. Oh. Uh, he's in the new Jennifer Lopez Netflix movie The Mother. And he was in Werewolf by Night on Disney. Oh, okay. Well, shit. He's been in a ton of stuff. Damn. Sounds like he's sort of starting to branch out into a lot more stuff, like especially like US productions, not so much purely like Spanish. Yeah, and that was my, I I thought, not that I have a problem with watching films um, with subtitles. I, if I don't have to, it's nice not to have to read because then I feel like my focus just gets weird. You end up reading the whole time, not actually watching the movie? Yeah, and it really sucks because then I feel like I'm not giving the movie a fair shot. But um, I do like the fact that this movie is kind of like a mix. So you're not constantly having to read the subtitles, but, you know, in the important parts um you know where it's like really when he gets really emotional especially like with his mom and stuff like that you know I appreciate that they they stuck with just doing a sub version of that and I think that makes it like more authentic too like with a lot of those people that live on those border towns and travel backwards and forwards between Mexico and the U.S. I feel like they do just 
like mid-sentence, like switch into English and Spanish. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So that, that felt super authentic by doing it that way. Absolutely, yeah. Some of the other actors in the, the movie were Roberta Calindres as Sabrina, his trainer that pretty much gives him the like shove to like, clearly this whole El Topo trying to be like, yes, like straight up technico wrestler is not working for you. Like you clearly, like you get in the ring, you're kind of clumsy because you're too focused on portraying a character and not just being natural and letting it flow. Mm-hmm. So she like pushes him to like, just be you. And from there, like that's when the success blows up. And I thought she was really cool in the movie. Like again, not built up as like a huge focus of the movie, but had her role, played it well, and then got out of the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. She was great. She was super like supportive of him, which I really uh, like really appreciated. She wasn't she didn't like demean him or talk down to him or anything like that. Like as you see some like trainers are portrayed as she was always just very like supportive like oh you got this like you're you're gonna be fucking amazing this this and that so you know I liked that that was like a different kind of um way of portraying a trainer at that point that they're not all assholes (laughs) and in that whole training aspect they sort of went like the typical like biopic sports movie they had little flashes of training but we didn't get like this crazy extended like oh here's like a five minute training montage thing like yeah Here's bits and pieces and it felt real. Mm-hmm. Two of the other people that stood out were they got El Hio Del Santo to play himself, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And the other really big name who had a pretty small role in reality, Bad Bunny as Felipe. But for real? The drug dealer was Bad Bunny. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? Like, I knew he was in the movie and I expected him to have, like, a big role because he's... Bad Bunny. A massive Latin American star and he's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just a dude that, like, hangs out with Cassandro and gives him drugs and then they make out once and that's it. I was like, okay. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense with him, like, kind of now dipping his toes in, like, different things because, like, he was in WWE for that one random match, right? I suspect that was probably around the time this was all being filmed or yeah, shortly so, after where he was in this. He was like, oh, let's try that. Now that all makes sense. Like, it wasn't just a random, like, hey, here's this person and we're just going to throw them in this for shits and giggles. It was like, oh, by the way, low-key, he's doing something with the wrestling movie, so we should probably give him some experience in the field. And he's obviously like a wrestling fan in that mm-hmm. sense as well. Like, you wouldn't sign up for this sort of movie or doing that stuff if you weren't a fan. Yeah, so that's uh that's very interesting to to know that cuz I I know of Bad Bunny, but I don't really know all that much about him, so I wouldn't have recognized him right off the bat watching this cuz Yeah, I only recognized him because of the WWE connection and as soon as he popped I was like, "Wait, you're in that role of all the roles in this movie, you're that one." I didn't even watch that like match or anything like that. I just knew of it cuz it was like the talk of the town for a hot 5 minutes. So um, but yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like expected him to be like a rival or something. Yeah. That like Cassandra had to go against and like prove himself. But no, he was just a dude. Here, here let's go do some coke <laughs> and make out. And then like in terms of him finding the Cassandra character, like I mentioned, he sort of, it's not until he finds both himself as a person and the Cassandra character that. He finds success, but I, I did like that early in he was 
even as the El Topo character, he didn't want to just like do the same old stuff. Like he wanted to like embrace the showmanship aspect of it. And when he was like going against that El Gigante dude, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, let's, let's like do some stuff and make it exciting. And the big dude was like, no, I'm just going to beat the crap out of you and we're done. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't know. I liked a lot of the different things and the different aspects that they showed for this. I like that, you know, it wasn't just, um, oh, here he's doing this match. He's doing this match. It's like back and back matches and stuff like that. I do appreciate that they kept going back to like him and his connection with his mom. Cause I feel like that was a very important staple in the development of his character, which I really loved. I liked the connection and the fact that like he used like her old outfit to make his whole ring gear for a moment and stuff like that. It was a very kind of like a touching moment. Cause even though she didn't like openly express that, like, you know, she approved of it, like you can still tell that she was really proud of him when she saw him finally in the ring and stuff like that. <laughs> And then, yeah, like when people are like shouting slurs at him mm-hmm. at the matches, she's like, shut up, that's my son. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, now she's like fully embracing him and accepting everything he's doing because she's seeing how happy, how much happier he is and how much success he's having by just being himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I really did like that a lot. Um, and it was like, not, it was, a, again, another emotional moment that you get to see him get molded into this character and he's doing great and he's got all these plans for him and his mom and, you know, life happens and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, if they didn't show that kind of a connection, then, you know, it wouldn't have been as great um, in certain spots of the movie. And even like as he's getting a bit more notoriety and success, like it, it all goes back to, He's not really doing it for himself. Mm-hmm. He was doing it so that he could buy his mum a house with a a pool, a love heart shaped pool. Yeah, which was like the cutest. That's like the cutest thing. It's just you know he doesn't care about anything else. He just wants to do something nice for his mom. And another like interesting part was the depiction of steroid and drug use in this movie. I was a little bit taken aback by, especially the steroid use. I was like, whoa! I didn't think they would show that. Like. I kind of half expected that the sort of the cocaine stuff, like it's the Mexican border, like it's expected, kind of. <laughs> yeah, to for them to show steroid use like, blatantly, I was like, whoa, whoa, did not see that coming. Yeah, that was a bit much. Um, I mean, I get it, I and mean, like it got the point across, and you know, especially because back in the day, like obviously that was a big, big controversy, and I think a lot of. A lot of worlds, essentially, of of the different wrestling things. So it's nice to see that they touch light for it. In Mexico, I'm not sure how, like, regulated that all is. Yeah. Either. either. Like, to this day, like, it's probably still relatively common Mm -hmm. down there to do that. So I'm glad they didn't shy away from it. Like, it would have, I guess it it wouldn't have stood out as being weird if it wasn't there. But the fact that it is there is, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because everybody knows of it and, you know, it's always been a big controversy in in multiple sports at that point. But, you know, to just have it be very like in your face, like, hey, we're not going to we're not going to deny it. This was a thing. So, yeah, I thought that was a good way of like showing both how the industry has changed in terms of accepting uh, gay wrestlers and trans wrestlers and stuff like that. And then also like how it's changed in terms of the athleticism and the the physical well-being of the performers as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like when he first got thrown up and over the fucking top rope, 
And that one, like the one of the, oh my God. The, the first mattress is like tossed to the floor. Yeah, like I hurt all over when he landed on that floor. Like, I, cause it was like a huge thud. Like, bravo to them for really making that like hit you. Cause, oof. And uh, what did you think of like the portrayal of wrestling throughout the, the movie? Like, obviously they're using an actor here and I imagine body doubles at points as well. But I thought they did a really nice job of portraying wrestling and especially like lucha. I think it was a great portrayal. Um, I appreciate that, like, you know, because it is supposed to be like a kind of dated movie. So I appreciate that, like, they maintained that kind of like older school feel of, of wrestling matches, you know, and also the fact that they weren't really in huge settings. It was kind of like almost um like back back of the house, like warehouse kind of matches and stuff like that. So smaller productions. Um, so it was very kind of raw, essentially. Um, and I really liked it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't too flashy. Like, you know, the flashiest thing in some of those matches was was Cassandra's outfits. And I feel like that mm-hmm. was a great way of, of focusing that attention on him. And yeah, like a, like a crossbody or something off like the middle rope. Like mm-hmm. there's no like poison runners or Canadian destroyers or anything. It's like, oh, he's just a basic crossbody. Like, and that's like a big high spot. Yeah, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, just a small dude taking on a really big dude and just being like, eh, fuck it, I want to go for it. And yeah, like you mentioned the sort of shows, like style of show, like I think it did a great job of showing the whole breadth of sort of wrestling from the small town indie that's like running in the back of like a mechanics shop. Yeah. All the way up to the grand stage of AAA, which in this movie is ALM. Mm-hmm. at Arena Mexico, which is still, like, to this day, a ridiculously huge venue. Yeah, and and I like the fact that they really did show how far he came, especially with, like, the audience and even the acceptance of the audience because, like you said, like, in the beginning, it was very negative and derogatory, and then as we progressed, we see how the the times are changing and it's all thanks to his character. And now people are coming out in, in troves of, of just support and love for him. And they're all cheering him on versus cheering on other people. Granted, you still have like negative people always, but it's nice to see that, you know, a lot of people had changed and supported him and, you know, we're just kind of thankful. Some people seemed very thankful for his character and coming out and stuff like that and showing that it was okay. Especially towards the end when he's on that, talk show with El Santo and um that like young boy comes out and basically says like without you I wouldn't have been able to come out to my father and he's here and like he he's totally supportive of me now and I think yeah you need like characters like Cassandra and mm-hmm. people like that for people to be like oh I'm not the only one that feels this way yeah and it was a big deal like back then and it's still happening now and it's a really big thing that you know a lot of uh, I feel like a lot of people it, it is a lot more accepted but there's still a ton of negativity every day so you know it's nice to see that those things are finally like getting light shut on them and stuff um and just you know a little bit more in your face so people don't forget about it and yeah I mentioned how they for that big arena Mexico show where he like breaks out onto the the grand stage. Mm-hmm. They changed the like wrestling company from AAA, which is their name is like something really weird and hard to say. Oh, please try it. I I live for you trying to pronounce things. 
So commonly referred to as simply AAA, it is an abbreviation of the original name, which is Asistencia Asesoria y Administración de Espectáculos. Oh boy. I have no clue if that's right or not, but I can't wait to hear all about your translations from other friends of mine who do speak Spanish. Oh yeah, it's, it, that, I know that was not good, but... Oh, it's going to be great. That's how it's written. I'm going to get phone calls like, this boy's whack. Yeah, I'm very white. <laughs> but yeah, like they, they change it to ALM, obviously, so they don't have to like pay royalties and stuff like that. But right. I did like that like they did it and the ALM logo is like very similar to the AAA logo. Like you look at it and you're like, yeah, I can see where they've, where they've got their inspiration for this. Yeah. And I loved during that moment, like, I'm pretty sure they blended archival actual footage of an El Santo entrance mm-hmm. with the El Santo entrance for the movie. Like, I'm almost certain that that was in there. I mean, that would have been a smart move so they wouldn't have had to worry about trying to recreate it perfectly. <laughs> if they didn't, they did a fantastic job of, like, the cinematography and the editing and yeah. the effects to make it all look like old footage. But yeah. I'm, I was sitting there going, that has to be archival footage. That just looks too close to what it would actually look like. No way. Uh, and there was a few, like, in some of the wrestling scenes, like, cameos in the background that I recognized. Um, there was definitely Psycho Clown from AAA. He was definitely in the background. Uh, and I think there was a couple of others. I can't remember who they were off the top of my head now. But I definitely was, like, in those wrestling scenes, I was watching it being like, do I recognize any of these AAA guys? Like. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of it. Like I maybe check out Triple Mania every year or stuff like that. But yeah, Psycho Clown was a hundred percent in there. Like he popped up and I was like, I definitely recognize that guy. Well, yeah. I mean, with that kind of a character, I don't think you could miss it. So that was cool. In terms of like my main takeaway from the movie, I think it's just yeah, you should be yourself, and by being yourself, success will follow. I think that's a really good message to take away from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. It's a really great film about just, you know, not giving a shit what other people think about you and just kind of going for it and and trusting your gut, too, you know? Don't be afraid to take the leap. And I'm really, I was really impressed with it. Like I said, this is not the kind of movie that I would gravitate towards just because generally I I get bored with them sometimes. It's, like, really hard for me to, to keep my attention on things like that if it's a slower kind of film. But it was a really great film to watch, and I, I feel like the message was a really great one too. Yeah, I really hope a lot of people, like, because it will be on Prime Video, like, actually check this out. Mm-hmm. I think the big hurdle, though, is going to be the fact that, that um like, the opening sequence before we get, like, the title sequence and stuff like that is Spanish. Yeah. Like I feel like that could really turn people off quickly. Like they could turn them like, oh, this whole movie's going to be in Spanish. Yeah. And like not get to the part where it switches to English and then they just drop out straight away. I feel like this might be one of those like sleeper films that, you know, people don't originally like think about or realize it's out and then they just chuck it on and they're just like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Or, you know, some things like that. I, I don't really know how that's going to work, but I feel like it's – it's one of those ones that definitely, if it's looking like it's going to get overlooked, you know, hopefully it doesn't. And yeah, it kind of made me go, want to go back and watch um, The Wrestler. Which I've never watched. We still need to watch that. But it's Mickey Rourke. Except I don't think it's available on streaming anywhere, which is really frustrating. 
That's fine. I'll find a. Co- it's so old. I'll find a copy of it. But it's just not. <sighs> Whatever. I'll keep my opinions to myself. So, in terms of a rating for Cassandra, what would you give this film? Um, I'd give it like a solid four. Definitely for story and for message and for cinematography and in, in film. I think it's a. It was a really great, a really well done movie. Yeah, I was sitting at a four as well. Like, I think this is definitely worth like checking out, especially if you have like even like a passing interest in wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. Cassandra was such an iconic character for Lucha and like really changed the industry. And I think without someone like a Cassandra, we wouldn't have your Sunny Kisses and your Nyla Roses. And then like there's some wrestlers here in Australia as well. Like, we wouldn't see people like that having the opportunities that they're getting at the moment. Mm hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I don't feel like, you know, the times have changed so much that it used to just be like one type of of gear. It was just like, you know, guys are just like supposed to be in this and women are going to be in this. And fuck, sometimes women didn't even wrestle back in the day. And then that just kind of showed them like, oh, no, guys can wear like really colorful fucking shit and still rock it. <laughs> Stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I really do appreciate that. Um, I don't know how it's going to do. I feel like it'll probably get overlooked, but I really do feel like this would be a really great contender for like a biopic kind of like Sundance Award or something like that, or, or just some like small kind of festival award because it is a really well done movie. Yeah, I could I could see it like maybe like popping up in like the Oscars as like best foreign film or yeah, best like biopic or something like that. Yeah, even like to Toronto Film Festival or something like that. Just like one of like the smaller ones. You can definitely see it getting nominated for something. Uh, yeah, so that's Cassandra, which will be on Amazon Prime September 22nd. Definitely worth checking out. And thankfully it will be on Prime. Like I think it would struggle if it was like a cinematic release. It'd probably be hard to get people through the door. Yeah, definitely wouldn't get the attention. But yeah, it's on streaming. What's it going to hurt you? Just give it a shot and see, see what you think of it. Yeah. Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Commentary Booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Karina on Instagram at Miss Karina Renate, and you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Barrio Magazine. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Barrio Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.